0: on the wrestling podcast about nothing we're killing the business we are breaking down the anatomy of a pro wrestling match how it used to be and how it is today
1: uh mike i think killing the business might be a registered trademark of the bullet club it is i don't know
0: it might be i think they use it okay we'll have to look into that plus today we are debuting a scathing new game kingpin your promo about nothing is coming up after that and so much more but first tell them george
2: I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. <laughs>
0: Welcome to the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, episode 126, a production of Crackpot Podcasts. My name is Mike Crockett. I'm a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast, currently on an extended hiatus from the ring. And joining me, as always, is a veteran of the New England Independent Matt Wars. Now, he is a Ring of Honor wrestler. He is Mr. Inside Edition. He is the Wrestling Observer Zone, Brian Malonis.
1: The Wrestling Observer Zone?
0: Yes. I went to the WrestlingObserver.com. I went to the website, the official website of Dave Meltzer, the other day, saw your face plastered all over it. <laughs> well,
1: they wanted to pop
0: a rating. <laughs> I guess they did, because you <laughs> appeared on a podcast that is exclusive to WrestlingObserver.com. You're aware of this, I hope? Yes. Okay. Antonio, the promised Thomas. We've had him on this podcast before. Yeah, I'm not before. the face
1: of the Wrestling Observer.
0: <laughs> but uh, when I went on there, right there was your mug. <laughs> Your handsome mug.
1: I'm out there, baby. I'm loving every minute of it. You sure
0: are. So you were on uh, Left My Wallet and Greg Polanco, which is the uh, strangely titled podcast of Antonio the Promised Thomas, the former Antonio of the Heartbreakers in WWE. We talked to him a number of weeks back on his podcast. Go and check that out if you haven't heard that. But you're doing the fantasy football tour this past week.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we talked a little fantasy football, talked a little regular football, talked a little Steelers. You know, it was good. Plugged a little wrestling, plugged this podcast. So, uh, you know, I don't know if you're still a subscriber of the Wrestling Observer, but uh, no. yeah, we get some plugs on there. So
0: You did? Yeah, of course. That's much appreciated. <laughs> so uh, you fully endorse everything Dave Meltzer lives for and stands for, is what you're saying.
1: <laughs> uh, no, Mike, I don't condone body shaming of uh, young women out there in the wrestling business. I don't condone that at all.
0: I don't either.
1: Well, you're a big Dave Meltzer fan. That's uh, his forte. That's, That's his not gimm- his forte, That's Brian. his gimmick.
0: That's not his forte. There's, uh, something happened. He apologized for it. It was a, it was a big thing. Uh-
1: oh, he apologized for it. I mean, he rips people apart for years and years and years, but he apologized for it. So it's, it's okay that on Twitter he body shamed a woman who is beautiful and in, inc- in incredible shape anyways, but... Totally okay. Oh, you apologize for it. It's all all better. No harm, no foul.
0: Brian, you're the one on the website. <laughs> you're the one who's a part of this. <laughs> Are you on the payroll? <laughs> I
1: wish I got a payday for it. <laughs> no, you don't. Know on the payroll, I'd be shilling uh, the Wrestling Observer. You on sure here. <laughs> would be. Uh,
0: So uh, yeah, I mentioned the fantasy football tour. You were also on for the Pops this past week with uh, Jamie Jamkowski, Scotty Slade. And your uh, nemesis, Bill Neville.
1: Yeah, you know, ironically enough, me and Bill Neville seem to be on the same page, and uh, Jamie and Scotty uh, kind of at odds this week. At for, each for, the, for the Pops might be
0: might be, <laughs> on, the, might be on the rocks. <laughs> <laughs> for the Pops on the rocks. Uh, yeah, so you made a couple appearances. You did get a plug in there at the end. Yes. Took a long time, but it finally happened. Well, we were talking football. You are talking football. Oh, my God. Are we done with this? The Steelers out of it yet? Oh, my God. <laughs> Good
1: God, Michael.
0: You're not uh, enjoying it. Well, they played one game, right? Why can't you just let people
1: enjoy things, right? You don't enjoy something so it's stupid and nobody can enjoy it, right? Well,
0: you don't enjoy it. I.
1: Well, that could be debated. <laughs> <laughs> Reasonable arguments could be made <laughs> <for> <laughs> to, to, the, to support that.
0: <laughs> well, speaking of things that you enjoyed, I'm sure, we haven't talked about this yet. We'll talk about it right here live on the air, if you will. Uh, you were in the company at before WCW World Heavyweight Champion this past weekend. <laughs> I sure A couple was. weeks ago at
1: this point. I don't know. Gordy won the, uh, won the WCW World Heavyweight Championship? I don't remember that from Ready to Rumble.
0: Well, his, uh, you know, (laughs) the the man himself, if you will. Yes. The man. Yeah, David Arquette. Talk to me about this. He has been making the rounds lately in independent wrestling. I know he appeared for uh, Dave Marquez's Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. I mean, I figure that's probably down the street from him. So that's one thing. But to come across the country to Connecticut to appear for Northeast Wrestling. As a surprise. It was a surprise.
1: Uh, that, that appearance was so. Actually, as we record this on Friday night, he's he's appearing for Northeast Wrestling in um, I believe it's Poughkeepsie, New York tonight. But oddly enough, he's like he's he's filming a movie in the New York area. He's I mean, he's an amazing guy because he does this all for like charity. He's taking no paydays or whatever. I think they do like meet and greets, and then all the money go towards. Some charity, but he was in the area filming a movie. He actually went and filmed a bunch of vignettes for them during the week and then agreed to make a complete surprise appearance on his birthday, no less, at the Northeast Wrestling Show. So, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's funny when you hear like a lot of the uh, talk about like top independents and stuff and New England and this and that. I mean, Northeast Wrestling, they have also, they bring in all sorts of stars. And at a Northeast Wrestling Show, here I am with David Arquette, like, I don't know. It was fake life stuff. It was like it's like I had a dream. It's like a weird dream I would have had. I come to you, Mike, and I'm like, so yeah, I had this weird wrestling dream. I was at a wrestling show in Connecticut, and like David Arquette was there for some reason, yeah. and like that, that's what it was like. But uh, I totally uh, I was kind of stalking him throughout the night. You know, he was doing a lot of things, but I, but I was stalking him. I was stalking him, and then at the end of the night, I I'd gotten dressed, and I knew he hadn't left. I knew he was roaming around, and he kind of walked in, and I uh, I had my phone right with me. Oh and I, boy! And I, there's nobody around him. There's nobody else in the locker room. I said, I said, hey, can I? Is it hey, David? Can I? Can I totally be that guy and get a picture with you? And he was very cool and obviously took a picture with me.
0: For his birthday, you gave him a gift. Yeah,
1: exactly. I mean, he got to take a picture with a uh, bona fide uh, international pro wrestling superstar. So, hey, you're welcome, David. Anytime, man. You know? He asked us to be on the podcast, but I said, eh, you know. It's, you know
0: this is a wrestling podcast. Get out there. Do a little more wrestling. Yeah, will see exactly. what
1: happens. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you get this cute little acting thing you've done, you know, scream, you know, whatever, but, you know.
0: Married to the broad from friends. <laughs>
1: Yeah, this guy pulls women like really. Business. Well, just look at the woman he's married.
0: Oh, oh, yes. Yeah,
1: like, I don't think they're together anymore. Well, he was with Courtney Cox, and he's, he's with like a supermodel or something now. Was she like, there? He's sensory man. No, oh, but okay. good for David Arquette.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you talked about the charity thing. I heard like even when he was working for WCW back in the day, he donated his money to Brian Pillman's family. I think is what I remember. That could be off about that. It might be been somebody else, but I'm pretty sure that's what it was. He he didn't take a paycheck the entire time I worked for WCW as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's just a passion project for him. When you're a guy like David Arquette or, or any actor like this where you've had so much success, I don't know how much he's worth, but it's a lot more than me and you, buddy. Yeah. And uh, I think you can just do stuff like this. Do whatever the hell you want. Like, you know what? I want to be a pro wrestler, so I'm going to go wrestle on independent wrestling shows and who the hell is not going to book David Arquette for free? And, you know, like uh, you know, not for free, but like you know, to donate, to make a donation to charity. Like, it'd be crazy not to try to have this guy on your show.
0: And it seems like he's getting out there. He's done, I think, probably at least three or four independent shows that I've seen, just poking around on Twitter. Yeah, so, like, yeah. There's more to come, I guess. Right?
1: Yeah, I'm guessing. Yeah. So uh, now I just need to, uh, you know, convince Northeast to put me in the ring with him. That'd be that'd be a hell of a matchup.
0: Brian the King versus Gordy? Is that what we're talking about?
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. Now if we just get, I don't remember the other guy's name, but if we just get him in there.
0: One of the greatest wrestling feuds of all time, of course, was uh, Jimmy the King versus the other guy, right? Who's am Dallas guy? Page. That was the, from the movie? Yeah. We talked about it. I haven't seen the movie. Oh, my
1: God. We still so, review of that movie. Maybe that's coming up. Maybe that's on an uh, upcoming episode. On the short Mike. list?
0: Yeah. Maybe we'll do that. <laughs> but uh, so, like, yeah, that's that was a great wrestling feud, according to you. But we talked about last week the best wrestling feuds of all time. We actually drafted them football style. Not a snake draft, a regular draft. But uh, Yeah, I know. You cried
1: <laughs> about, about it being a snake draft.
0: So uh, we heard from Ed Hunt. I've been hearing a lot from this guy lately, and I'm not liking it. He is at Eddie the Blade on Twitter. He says, fun show, but Freebirds and Von Erics is a must. No mention of Buzz Sawyer and Tommy Rich. Bruno and Larry Zabisco, that's number one in his book, or Jerry Lawler and Andy Kaufman.
1: Well, maybe you might remember those, Mike, but... Uh, I,
0: I said I don't remember those either.
1: <laughs> I wasn't around yet. Yeah, it's a little... All, all great submissions.
0: Yes, yeah, I mean, we don't disagree with any of those, just uh, we wanted to have picks that we could expound upon at length, and, I mean, Bruno and Larry Zabisco, we know of it, but to not have witnessed it or watched it week to week, it's kind of hard to... Make a great case about it on the podcast.
1: Yeah, it's like anything that's happened after 2011 with you. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that.
0: Uh, and Jerry law and Andy Kaufman, of course, I saw Man on the Moon the movie, so I could have mentioned that, but the six best. I mean, do you really want Andy Kaufman on the six Well, why, who am I talking oh, to? You boy, put Dean here, here we go, this, here we what go again. Top six figures. Well, that, but that's not true, though. it wasn't the sixth
1: best feuds of all time it was a draft i mean how many of hulk hogan and rick flair's feuds it would have been nothing but hogan and flair feuds probably it would have been like hogan and savage hogan and andre hogan and heenan flair and sting flair and dusty flair and harley race like it would, i mean
0: done like none of those people are on the level of a dean malenko is what you're saying oh my
1: god you're an idiot
0: <laughs> <laughs> team come on brian just admit dean malenko is not in one of the greatest wrestling feuds of all time. I will admit
1: that that was a fantastic and entertaining wrestling feud, one of the highlights of WCW Monday Nitro.
0: Let us know out there, at the WPAN on Twitter. Come on. Back me up on this one. (laughs) And uh, also John Lee. He's at John Lee Petrucci on Twitter. He said his best feud was uh, also Tommy Rich and Buzz Sawyer. That was uh, It got some buzz like a year ago. Uh, It went up on the network, their final match called The Last Battle of Atlanta. Uh, I don't know if you remember this. Tommy
1: Rich? Like, like, where's my pizza, Tommy Rich? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I know who Tommy Rich is. I'm being smart. Former
0: NWA World Heavyweight Champion. Don't say, where's my pizza? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that, that was his feud. Thank you guys for uh, chiming in there. I had a lot of fun with that. We'll do something else uh, like that pretty soon, I would think. Well, next year this time? Well, I guess. <laughs> All right, Brian. BrianMalonis.com is the website where you go to support your favorite kingpin, right?
1: Yes, go to it. Buy something. com. Where are you at, folks?
0: Where where are you at? (laughs) So you said uh, you're going to have the Mega Malona shirts live in in person?
1: Yes, yes, in in stock and uh, available very soon. Uh, Apparently, Halloween is some sort of boom time in the T-shirt printing business. Oh, so, okay. uh, yeah. So, uh, it's taking a while. Yeah. Yeah. the old Kingpin's not a priority anymore, I guess.
0: <laughs> <laughs> With me, you are Brian.
1: That's not true. I, uh, I sent you some pictures like three months ago to have you throw a couple logos on them and you haven't been able to do that yet.
0: It wasn't three months ago. I didn't notice it till like a couple of days later and then it kind of, it's
1: still like a month ago. <laughs> okay. Well, so you've noticed it and ignored it. Sure. Oh, all right. Coming so you, soon. New so you, photos. So you're just Kingpin. like, you're just like my wife. <laughs> well,
0: All right. We'll see what we can do well, we about We have that. to
1: talk about the definition of ignoring somebody. The definition of ignoring somebody isn't not hearing them. It's hearing them or seeing them or, or reading their email and just not acknowledging it. That's the definition of ignoring.
0: Okay. Then I guess I did. You did. You're a piece all right, of garbage. We'll work on that. Uh, What you guys can work on is go to thewpan.com. That is thewpan.com, our website for the podcast. Go check out all the ways you can subscribe to the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. Subscribe on uh, Apple Podcasts. Why don't you write a review? Let us know what you think. Give us five stars. It's always appreciated, as PW would say. So make sure you go uh, rate, review us on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts. Or if you don't uh, prefer Apple, there's so many different ways you can subscribe there. You can find them all on thewpan.com. Plus some photos of us in various stages of dress, but not naked. Oh, we haven't got those up
1: yet, huh? No. I sent those to you a while ago.
0: Yeah, there must have been the other email. I ignored. You know what?
1: Oh, maybe I sent them to your wife's phone. Oh Jesus. <laughs> hey, has a paternity test come back yet? That's what I want to know.
0: Uh no, it is not. It takes a little while. Oh, okay. You know it's October, Halloween, it's a it's a big time. You know, for... I
1: noticed he's getting to be a big boy. Now I'm
0: starting to <laughs> <laughs> starting to wonder. I don't
1: know, you're a big boy these days. So, oh,
0: thanks. <laughs> all right, putting over podcasts is the Facebook group for the wrestling podcast about nothing for all wrestling podcasts. So, go to Facebook, put in the search bar, putting over podcasts. Join us there and talk about all wrestling podcasts with uh, with the boys over there at the Putting Over Podcasts Facebook group. Brian, a number of weeks ago on this podcast, this was basically your suggestion. We talked about <laughs> the fact that you're a vanity searcher.
1: A little bit. I'm not. I mean, I'm not to the level of like Donovan Dijak or Ethan, or Ethan Page. Right. Yeah, I mean, those guys are like would like search variations of their spellings of their names. Like,
0: but you found yourself being curious enough to type Brian Malonis in the search bar on Twitter and yeah. various places and see what the people are saying. I usually search my last name. Okay. You basically said to me, this would be something that could become a game on the podcast or, or at least a, a ex- <laughs> an exercise, if yes. you will. A new segment. So here it is, Brian. We're calling it... Search and destroy. <laughs> it's, I mean, Seek and Destroy, that's, that's a tag team. That's also a Metallica song. We couldn't afford to get the, uh, the Metallica song. Yeah, no. <laughs> so it's Search and Destroy. So I went through and searched on Twitter and various other outlets what people are saying out there about your friend and mine, Ring of Honor Zone. Kinkpin Brian Malonis. I'm
1: sure you hated just seeing these things written about me. I'm sure you were. I'm sure you were so enraged in reading the things that people <laughs> said about me that were that were wrong, and you were just you just wanted to come right to my defense.
0: I was just shaking my head, like, "Oh man, this is that's 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 <laughs> not right."
1: It all started, Brian. How many how many of these are you under like a pseudonym?
0: None of them, Brian. <laughs> I would never. I would say it right to your face. But uh, this all started, Brian. You talked about a tweet that you got uh, a number of weeks ago that said ROH didn't sell at MSG. New Japan did. The elite did. ROH is lucky to be associated with them. Do you think anyone bought a ticket hoping for some hot punishment Martinez versus Brian Malone's action? Come on. That is the tweet That a few weeks ago on this podcast set you off.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: I I remember that one. And you wanted to drive to Worcester (laughs) and put your. I did
1: drive to Worcester to wrestle, but. You didn't look this guy up? No, he's not worth my time. He's a piece of human garbage, I'm sure. (laughs) I'm sure he's actually probably bought a ticket to see me wrestle because that's what pieces of garbage like him do. They watch other people do things. Oh, boy. (laughs) I'm salty today, Mike.
0: You are. I'm tired.
1: I'm salty. Let's do this.
0: All right. It's kind of like a little bit of mean tweets from Jimmy Kimmel.
1: Let's full disclosure. Let's pull back the curtain because I like doing this. And I, and you asked me if I wanted to read them, and I said no. I could never take such such joy away from you. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. Let's start with Chrisuke uh, Napamura. I'm guessing that's not his real name. Guess not. Or hers. He or she says Malonis and Bruiser. Yep trying way too hard there's no team that could fill war machine shoes jesus
1: <laughs> yeah because we're t- clearly trying to fill war machines sh- trying too hard is that a is that a thing maybe this person should try a little harder in their life and they won't be a loser commenting on people again actually doing things on twitter nobody's commenting about this person's life on twitter are they no, just on podcasts. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh, you're not trying to fill War Machine shoes, your good friend uh, Hanson and Ray Rowe.
1: No, uh, no, we're completely different. We're not even the same type of tag team. Like I don't even, I don't even see the comparison. Like completely different styles.
0: I, I don't get it. Well, they're larger, and you're larger. We're both bigger
1: than both of them. Like and and ray Rowe is freakishly strong and and todd is a, a freak athlete like i don't know I, I don't see the connection
0: all right let's move on to this one which i i'm not quite sure what this is about terrorist says oh i just realized this means you'll hear me caught on tape heckling brian malonis for trying to murder a child
1: <laughs> i know what this is in reference to what is it so this is from jacara king of trios oh, okay and we wrestled mr touchdown mm-hmm. dasher hatfield yeah. and dasher hatfield's son boomer hatfield
0: oh it's a son yes it's a little guy yeah it's a little guy He's a little fellow. really yeah it's a son did you try to murder him? i did oh so this isn't so much a, a, a... No, this is guilty as charged. Okay. <laughs> all right. A, a storyline child. Oh, well... It's not the, an actual child. Don't put back the curtain in your car, Brian.
1: <laughs> not too much, but I didn't okay. actually... I just wanted to be known, like, I didn't actually try to murder, like, a toddler or something. All right, all right. Like, like not, not Dasher Hatfield's, like, actual, like kid
0: (laughs) murder wasn't the case they gave you (laughs) no okay let's move on to eric segrist or segrist wait the terrible 80s fat guy tag team is called the bouncers really that's stunningly lame even for roh i always fast forwarded through their matches so i had no idea they even had a team name
1: so let me get this straight yes he hates roh but he watches the program Claims to not know who we are, and he fast forwards through all our matches, but knows enough about us to know our name, and that apparently he thinks our matches are bad.
0: Well, he doesn't say he hates ROH. Well, he says it's stunningly lame, even for ROH, which I'm not.
1: That's pretty negative about being pretty negative about Ring of Honor. This is this is another guy who's whose athletic career is, 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 has probably been nothing more than playing PlayStation games of, of wrestling and football and baseball. And, and he's going to sit there and call. You know what, you know what I find? The people that tend to call me and the bruiser or any other fat guys in wrestling fat guys are usually fat guys themselves.
0: Except for Joe and Quinn.
1: <laughs> well, they're little pipsqueaks.
0: Yes. <laughs> Pencil neck geeks, if you will. <laughs> yes. So uh, you are not an 80s fat guy tag team is what you're saying
1: no if you actually watched one of our matches you would see we actually break the mold of what you would think guys of our stature can do
0: just like war machine (laughs) except for ray rose not a fat guy okay all right (laughs) all right this comes from someone with the handle wes is calling out kenny omega
1: sounds like a winner already
0: is it me or does Malonis kind of look like the blob from X-Men?
1: Oh, I remember. this is I interacted with this guy, and he swore up and down. It wasn't an insult. He even shared pictures. But you're calling me the, a blob.
0: Well, the blob in the X-Men is a really strong guy who just has a little gut on him. I
1: don't want to be called the Blob. Like, that's <laughs> not a term of endearment.
0: Well, maybe I don't think the Blob named himself is the thing. <laughs> he, he's just—he's a, a really strong guy. He's got big muscles. Just a he, larger I a, gentleman. I think I will say at least
1: for this guy. I think he actually tagged me in this. Right? I somehow came across this, and it was—I was—I think I was tagged in this, or he, or maybe it was the d- WPAN or something. He
0: replied to somebody else. Yeah, and you were—you were, uh, you were yeah. tagged. So
1: I will give—I will give this guy credit in that. Like he was gonna come at me, he was gonna say something like that, but at least he had the guts to, to at me, bro.
0: And he backpedaled like a bastard. <laughs> I mean, I, I I believe the guy that he that he didn't I mean actually it.
1: believed him too. Yeah, but <laughs> but it's kinda funny. Kind of funny at the same time.
0: <laughs> all right, let's talk about the Twitter brat. So you know this
1: one's gonna be pretty saucy. Oh. <laughs> I'm sure lot I'm sure all spelled correctly too.
0: Is Brian Malonis that guy for the top prospect tournament whose finish was like falling backwards onto the other guy? <laughs> was it? <laughs>
1: yes. Yeah, so that's well, your I, finish? That's, well, I think I used it as a finish early on, yeah, in the top prospect matches. So a, a back centon Again, look at your Twitter name, okay? <laughs> look at look at your Twitter name. Like, you're, you're going to criticize me again for being in the ring on national TV, and that's your Twitter name? Go, go crawl in a hole. <laughs>
0: But why are you falling backwards on the guys? To try to hurt them. Duh. All
1: right. That's what the object of pro wrestling
0: is, Mike. Well, let's move on to uh, Sean Bateman, who has a similar thing to say. He says, I love Ring of Honor, but Malonis' last appearance on ROH TV was sloppy AF, and his senton, quote-unquote, is below par. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what does that even
1: mean? <laughs> First of all, I've never seen anybody else in wrestling ever do that the way I do it. So, what's his basis of comparison? I'd like to know what match he's talking about here. Sloppy AF. <laughs> You're a grown. Is this is this a grown man?
0: Uh, well, his name is Sean. I, all right, well, know. this is
1: a grown man using AF in tweets. So you know, take it for what you will.
0: So you would say your centon is not below par.
1: No, I'd say it's the the best in the history of uh, the, the. It's not a, first of all, it's not a senton; it's a backsplash. Okay, I don't a senton is like the running, jumping. Well, level. I mean, I don't do a senton. land
0: land on the guy with your back. It's I not think. a
1: senton; it's a backsplash. And I've never seen anybody else do it, so therefore, by default, it's the greatest backsplash in the history of uh, professional wrestling.
0: Well, Sean did say senton in quotes, so yeah,
1: yeah, because. he's trying to insult me, trying to be smart <laughs> because he's smart, he knows the business. all right
0: let's move on to pumpkin spice basic bitch okay on twitter (laughs) okay beer city bruiser is the second coming of dick the bruiser brian malonis is a modern day king kong bundy i'm not sure if he's insulting you or not i think maybe he or she Maybe they're not insulting you. I don't think they're insulting me. I mean, I disagree with it. I know that you're not a big fan. I think we've talked about yeah. King Kong Bunny in this podcast, and you've used him as a negative example of a big man.
1: Not a negative example, but like the more traditional 80s right. style big man, which I don't, I don't believe I am.
0: You don't believe you're in the 80s tag team. You don't believe you're in the 80s singles. No, because
1: like. I think we break we break the mold of what you think of when you think about you know big guys. I think we're more in the vein of the big boss man, Bam Bam Bigelow. War B- Machine. Bandater. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with you? You're enjoying this way too much. <laughs> you're, you're giddy. I haven't seen you this happy in so long. You've been sleep deprived. Your wife's <laughs> yelling at you all the time, I'm sure, because she's sleep deprived. And, and you're always grumpy coming here because you have to trudge up here and do this podcast now. And you are like, you're you're busting, Jerry. You're busting. <laughs> <laughs> joke. <laughs> I hope you joked it, death. Oh boy.
0: Um, <laughs> I agree with this guy. Six pack, or six. Yeah, it's six pack, not six pack. He says Bruce is fucking great. Malone's not so much.
1: well i'm sure his wife says that about him you know after they perform certain activities i'm getting mad now
0: (laughs) i guess so take a big swig of that water for yourself (laughs) oh boy parched (laughs) (laughs) all right let's get away from twitter then You're, you're getting salty you're getting upset Ryan's getting upset. Yeah,
1: this is going on way longer than I thought it would. <laughs> <laughs> you've got a lot of material. So
0: let's move on to the reviews of your recent appearances. This uh, is uh, getting away from mean tweets a little bit.
1: If there's a certain fella that you've discovered, Mike, then I, I kind of know where this one's probably going.
0: There's yeah, there's a guy from a website. I don't know if we want to plug that.
1: No, no, we're not plugging that.
0: We'll say this gentleman.
1: He's a. I, I found him on Twitter and blocked him. He's a fat little troll. <laughs>
0: Wow. (laughs) Sent me in the right place, Brian.
1: (laughs) He shares the same name as a certain Miami Dolphins running back from the 70s.
0: And former American Gladiators, our color man. Yes. 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 See if you can figure that out. But he talks about Brian's recent matches here. I got a couple of them I just want to read to you. Um, Coast to Coast versus the Beer City Bruiser and Brian Malonis from a few months ago. Mm, Great match. Happy with that match, were you?
1: Very happy with it.
0: Well, Brian... What the hell happened here? At one point, LSG gets cut off, and Maloas nearly drops him on his head with a Dominator. It could have been really bad. (laughs) What are you doing nearly killing people?
1: Well, if you were to watch the match, you know that's not the case. I'm reading this guy's account of it. He watched it. He's a guy who's not in the wrestling business, who's never set foot in a professional wrestling ring in his life, who's trying to be a critic can't actually do what we do but he's an expert on it
0: oh well brian i mean bruiser Malonus are okay as a tag team and while this guy has his issues with bruiser at times he's much better on his own and can actually deliver quality matches while malonis simply comes off support professional wrestler i'm actually shocked to get used as much as he does especially when there's better talent out there to use
1: a poor professional wrestler. I've been described as a lot of things in my life, but as a poor professional wrestler isn't one of it. I'd actually challenge this guy and say I'm not a poor professional wrestler. I'm a very good professional wrestler, and I truly believe I'm one of the best professional wrestlers on this planet, Michael. And I deserve my spot in Ring of Honor. So there's that.
0: So you didn't challenge him though. You just went and looked him up and then blocked him without a uh, incident. Yeah.
1: Just I saw these reviews and I just found him on Twitter and blocked him so he can't ever see my tweets. <laughs>
0: All right, let's move on to the most recent TV appearance that you had, Brian. ROH Tag Team Champions, the Briscoes versus the Bouncers, Bruiser, and Malonis. Well, after the break, Bruiser hits a big boy senton, and then Malonis hits a stupid-looking backsplash for two. People don't like that backsplash. Time to change that, Brian. Listen to the people.
1: You know, I'm not gonna listen to the people. I listen to uh, the people. You know, you know what? I don't care about the fans, Mike. Here, here's a big thing. I don't care what the fans think. Oh no. You know who I care things? Promoters and bookers. That's whose opinions oh, I care no. about. Uh. Oh, and, oh Oh, and by the way, we're fucking bad guys. You're not supposed to like us, moron.
0: Thank you guys for downloading this podcast and listening (laughs) and interacting with us on Twitter. Really appreciate each and every one of you. I'll be replaced. (laughs) (laughs) So in the end, Brian, uh, the Briscoes defeat you guys. It was an okay opener, according to this gentleman. The Briscoes worked really hard to try and make something out of this, but I find Malonis is a really poor pro wrestler overall, bringing nothing to his matches.
1: Well, you know, this this chump knows, you know. I mean, the the people who run Ring of Honor, he knows better than them and he knows better than the guys I'm wrestling who who have matches with me and 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 seem to be okay with me, but he knows better than them. He clearly knows better. Some chump on a on a on a hack. It's not even a good wrestling web. It's not even like a website like the Observer. It's some hack wrestling website. <laughs> Where, where they just watch and criticize and do things like this, so guys like me talk about it. and you know This guy's a hack. Poorly, you know, I just rate his writing skills. It's it's a hack job, very poor. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to do to him? What do you want to happen to this guy? <laughs>
1: Nothing. It's, I, I oh, okay. I couldn't care less about him. You're, you're just getting me riled up because he's saying shitty things about me. But,
0: We're trying to get a big finish here
1: for the yeah, second. <laughs> this, this guy's a, a, a sad, pitiful human being who... Who looks at people who do things that he can only dream about and criticizes them for it?
0: <sighs> so, how are you feeling, Brian? Feel like crap. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's move on then. Let's close the book on this Search and Destroy. So, you don't feel better after you got a little, uh, blow a little steam off on these guys? No,
1: I blocked a lot of these folks on Twitter
0: already. <laughs> and now I'm just bringing back memories of the past? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Anybody usually, uh, you know, if I do a vanity search and there's negative comments, I automatically block the person. So that way, when I, uh, you know, when we, me and Bruiser break out and we're the World Tag Team Champions someday, uh, and then these people come crawling back to us, they can't. They won't be able to find me on Twitter. I don't even want their money at BrianMalonus.com. If I saw these people buying my T-shirt, I'd refund their money and refuse to accept it, and they wouldn't get my T-shirt.
0: Unbelievable.
1: <laughs> I do care about some fans.
0: Okay. <laughs> only, well, the fan, only
1: the fans that like me.
0: Well, search and destroy. <laughs> How do you think this went? Is this something you want to bring up uh, next week, perhaps?
1: I don't know. Can you find enough material for no. next week?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but uh, I enjoyed it. You know, it's you know, whenever I feel bad about it, because you do, you read it, and it's like, it, but you try not to let it bother you, but, you know, every time somebody says something not so nice about you, it bothers you. I mean, Any person, it bothers a little bit, but then I realized, like, you know, Ring of Honor is watched by half a million people, you know, every week, and people all around the world watching this product, and I've seen my matches, and... This is a few knuckleheads out of all them. So, I'm not going to let a few uh morons ruin, you know, the momentum I've built and uh how I feel about what I've been able to do.
0: Well, that's very nice of you. That's very well put, my friend. Yes.
1: And then go fuck themselves.
0: <laughs> so, next time we'll look at the comments on the youtube video 7.6 oh million
1: those are brutal <laughs> <laughs> those are brutal because those aren't even like wrestling fans no they those just... are real life people those <laughs> those comments hurt <laughs> <laughs> maybe next <laughs> that's time just attack. that's just a on me as a person that's not even like you're they're just these guys just attacking my my wrestling skills that's you know that's, i can sleep at night with that these other people just going at me as a person like i know i'm a fat guy but i think i'm pretty good looking <laughs>
0: So it sounds just, it's just ripe for the (laughs) picking.
1: Oh, boy.
0: All right. We want your feedback, folks. Tweet us at the WPAN on Twitter with your take on this week's episode. Your thoughts on that segment, Search and Destroy. Let us know your thoughts. Use the hashtag WPAN, or you can call the voicemail line. Call. We'll play your voicemail on the podcast, 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN. Booking the Territory, the unprofessional wrestling podcast with Mike Mills, Harbuddy Harper, Doc Turner, twice a week on Sundays and Thursdays. They put out new episodes. They're talking about Smoky Mountain Wrestling. They're talking about the old NWA, JCP, Saturday Night 605 show that is happening, like I said, twice a week. MikeMills.Podbean.com for more information, to get the links, to listen, to Booking the Territory. Or you can check out our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Next week is their 100th episode, so make sure to check that out. Check out 99. It's out today. Check it out right after you listen to the wrestling podcast about nothing, of course. Joe Morata and Michael Quinn are taking you through the world of retro wrestling. OVPPodcast.com for more on that great podcast. And greetings from Allentown with PW Peter Winson. One episode of Wrestling Television each and every week, and he brings in his own special anecdotes and his own special specialness to the whole thing there. Greetings from Allentown each and every Thursday on his own feed or the pro wrestling on the fade on place to be nation and the rundown wrestling podcast jason stewart adam salzer all those guys over there on the rundown wrestling podcast feed make sure to check that out subscribe and enjoy and brian let's expose the business <laughs> why not <laughs> don't send this thing to cornet out there everybody oh boy let's not get him on our bad side oh
1: god yeah because he doesn't expose the business at all with his with his rants
0: Oh, boy. Okay, Brian. How silly was that thing with Dan Barry and him,
1: you know, a couple weeks back? Just Cornette looking like an ass.
0: (laughs) He's got his points. He's got his thing. But, yeah, it's kind of...
1: Oh, it's a tired act at this point. It's not even entertaining anymore. It's 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 bored me to tears. He just looks like a a
0: sad old bitter man at this point. He's got his minions and he's catering to them. And I mean, yeah, that's it's what he it's, does it's best. a
1: gimmick. It's a marketing ploy. It's it's his. It's the way he's keeping himself relevant in pro wrestling.
0: And I show us how he feels, but yeah, to to blast these guys on Twitter and stuff like that. That's yeah, that's yeah, catering like, to his like people. It's
1: like me ratcheting it up for search and destroy segment
0: wait you ratcheted it up <laughs> that's how you really feel don't don't act like you're uh
1: but no the the Jim cornet thing is just oh my god so tired like you got get it if you if you hate wrestling that much find something else to do with your time
0: yeah it's like if you're just so upset about the business today just go back and watch the old stuff no one's stopping you just stop watching everything new stop paying attention to everything new all the new stuff
1: are you jumping off the altar
0: of Cornette now mike no I like I, I like the guy but i'm just saying you know don't worry about the new stuff. It's the cat's out of the bag.
1: Well, it's, I mean that's why it's it's, it's a character. It's him. It's him trying to make money. It's yeah. it's him using guys who are relevant in the business today, like a Joey Ryan, or to kind of get publicity off their name to keep himself relevant in 2018 he's doing a fantastic job at it it's it's somebody he found a way to persevere in the wrestling business and and still make money in in 2018 for himself in his own way so kudos to jim Cornette. i just think it's a tired act at this point
0: well the wrestling business has changed brian and uh when it comes to the match the pro wrestling match how a match is put together the structure of a wrestling match When you first started in wrestling, when you went to the chaotic training center with Mike Hollow, who we spoke to a couple weeks ago on this podcast, check that episode out, two episodes ago. How did you learn how to call a match, what a match, how to put together a wrestling match? How did this all come together for you? Is it something you learn in school, or do you have to go out there and learn in the ring?
1: So, I mean, when you first start training, you're learning. You you are just learning how to move around the ring, how to tie up, how to, and and you're learning moves specifically and. I think psychology is something that develops over time, but actually putting a match together, you know, you start with a basic match, a basic a basic match formula, and I I think. Any fan, even a casual fan, has figured out what the basic match formula is. It's the babyface starts on top in the beginning, then the dastardly heel does something underhanded to, to cut his legs out from under him, and, and then the babyface makes this triumphant return, and then we get a couple of near falls before the ultimate finish.
0: And that has evolved over time. Yeah, and the, but I mean
1: that's I mean that's just stealing. You know, it's no different than than a story. You know, a movie or a book or you know anything along those lines. It's you have a protagonist. They face some adversity. They find a way to overcome their adversity, and then you know whatever happens in the end happens in the end. Usually in stories, the protagonist wins. But everything it, it it's it's just a, it's just a, I think you know a simple story arc that is used over and over and over again in everything. It's still used to this day in every every movie, every television show, every wrestling match, you know.
0: When you first started, has it changed to where it is now when you're calling a wrestling match?
1: Yeah, I mean, so the 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 big drastic things I think today are, it's funny, everyone talks about the, the, the Attitude Era and like the shades of gray and things of that and, one thing I think has happened, especially on like the independence in pro wrestling, is the, the the lack of true baby faces and heels, um, especially in some of, in some of the promotions. Like you know, like a Beyond Wrestling, there's there's very few heels in Beyond Wrestling. Everybody's just wrestler and wrestler, and they go out and they have this. You know, there's no story as far as like good guy versus bad guy. It's an athletic contest with maneuvers and, you know, things of that nature. But the wrestling has started to lose the good guy versus bad guy thing a little bit.
0: And I think when we were learning, it was as a heel, you don't want to do anything that will cause the people to cheer you. Even if you had the ability to do a moonsault as a heel, don't do that because people will, they'll like it, they'll cheer for it. So, like, when what I was learning, it was a heel is a guy you don't like. You don't want to do anything to get people to cheer you. And that has certainly changed over time.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's especially, again, it's so different. And I, I think it's very different when you talk about uh, match styles, when you talk about, like, WWE versus the independents or even, or even Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor is a company where they are defined heels and baby faces and they tell you know, they tell stories. Now there are very athletic contests in in, in Ring of Honor, and that's kinda of like the hallmark of the promotion. Um, and I think a lot of the movement towards the you know, the style of today was inspired by the early days of Ring of Honor. But, you know, with them being a television product now, they've gone to more of the storytelling mode, the babyface versus heel mode where Uh, again on the independence it's it's more about the uh, the athletic endeavor you know it's it's about the the physical nature of the contest which for me like I, i i can appreciate it but it's certainly not it's not what we grew up with it's not what we learned coming up in the business it was about good guy versus bad guy and telling and telling that story and but now like again there's no real true heels um, so that's why heels go out and do cool all this cool stuff. and and a lot of times you'll see matches where the heel outshines the baby face
0: and as a guy who has that mentality that you it was ingrained in you from the beginning, if you go out there with all these guys that are doing all this stuff and you play a heel, that's a good thing, I think. That's something different. That's not really happening on that show, right? That you'll stand out in that way, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's so it's so weird because that's what leads to some of these. I think some of these tweets you've talked about. Because when I started in Beyond too, there was a lot of that stuff too. And then and then I for a while when Beyond I was trying to do these match styles that just weren't me. And, yeah. And now, just you know, it's a matter of being comfortable in your own skin. And, I, and I'm trying. I was trying. You know, I was trying to evolve too uh, during that time period. That was the beginning of me trying to change my mindset a little bit, and probably went too far in the other direction. And since then, I've I've, I've refined and developed and thought about and worked on more. Like, no, I can add. You know, I can I can add flavor of the of the the, the modern style into into what I know and what I'm comfortable with and what I still think wrestling fans will still get caught up in. Everybody gets, I mean, whether it's a movie, whether it's a pro wrestling match, people get caught up in a good story, you know. People people like good versus evil. Now, what's good versus evil in 2018 might be a little different than what was good versus evil in 1988.
0: Yeah, because you came from the school of, you're a big man, you shouldn't be taken off your feet by anybody, maybe once in a match, so and and that's basically how you started was you were the you were the guy getting hit and going whoa with windmilling yeah. the arms and everything and yes. finally by the end of the match you'd be bumped and you know either you would either get beaten or you'd win in the end but that was what you learned coming in and that's certainly not what you're doing these days
1: No uh, no absolutely not I mean it's funny I and mean, you had my trainer Mike Hollow on who I'm very grateful on got me to a great start gave me a great foundation and and I wouldn't be you know, I wouldn't have the opportunity to perform on on national TV um, like I do now if it wasn't wasn't for Mike Hollow and in, in the Chaotic Training Center. Um, but Mike is very traditional in that sense, and I think if Mike, and I don't know if he has, I'm assuming he hasn't, probably seen any of my recent matches, even my television matches, uh, he would hate them. <laughs> he would, he would absolutely hate them, and if I asked him for feedback and critique on them, with
0: what were you thinking when you did that?
1: <laughs> yeah, he he would tell me I was off my feet too much, and I and I know that, and I and I know what that meant, and, and it's just a, it's just a difference of mentality, and and who's to say that I totally agree with <laughs> everything I do? You know, like <laughs> a lot. So I, I will say a lot of it's against, it's against instinct. It's it's you know you're you get. Something ingrained in your head. And um, I remember having a conversation with Tommaso Ciampa about this. Oh, name drop. <laughs> but it was a good conversation because it was about like this very subject about like having the style of matches he was doing on the indies. I was really getting him noticed and how it was against... Every instinct that he's ever had in in the pro wrestling business, (laughs) you know, and and it's like a fight every day to like adapt to it and and, and, and accept it when in his brain, his brain is screaming at him that no, 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 no. What are you doing? This is not right. Like, you know,
0: I'm going to need four surgeries.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's I mean, that that I think is I mean, and I don't know if we want to go there yet, but just the style is just so much more physical today
0: you talk about not doing things you're really even convinced of is that like the give and take of calling a match because you know sometimes you're calling a match with somebody and they have all these big ideas sometimes they text them to you two weeks before the match even (laughs) happens but you someone has all these ideas and how do you do that keep that balance where you don't want to do all the stuff this guy's calling do you concede and do some of it to satisfy this guy is what is that like that little bouncing act you have to do when you're calling a match with a guy who really wants to go out and uh, do you know wrestlemania
1: no i mean I, no i have no problem I, and and no matter where i am i have no problem saying no i don't you know I don't, I don't think i should do that or i don't think i should take it. especially like no i don't think i should take that bump like i have no problem i mean and, and nobody should no matter no matter what your experience level is like you know
0: a lot of people say if you're going to do that though have something else to say so how about we do this instead rather than just being a no guy oh yeah yeah,
1: yeah 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 you can't be a guy that shoots down every i mean um you know i remember i'll just say it his name i don't care if he hears it um him matches with mark sherman <laughs> and, I, and I would give ideas. I remember having this conversation with him. We wrestled. It was in the Woburn Elk Lodge for Chaotic Wrestling, and I'm, I'm giving him ideas, and he's no, 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 no. And I was like, "Well, what do you got?" "Oh, I, I don't know. You're the You guys, you, you pull the. Oh, I don't know. You were the veteran. I'm like, well, I'm giving you ideas. You're shooting them all down. So if you're going to shoot them all down, you got to come back with something. <laughs> like you can't just you know say no and then not have anything.
0: And you talked about before near fall, near fall. You know, at the end of the match, that has evolved to being you know. <laughs> False finishes, and it reminds me of a story of this of this same gentleman, I think, that you told on this podcast, where you as a booker for Chaotic Wrestling said, you don't want anyone kicking out of Dijak's finish. Yes. You were leading up to Chaotic Wrestling's biggest show, mm-hmm. where someone would finally kick out of Dijak's finish, but in the lead up, the months leading into that, you didn't want anyone to kick out of the finish, and I believe he was working with the same gentleman. Yes. And yeah. Sherman said, what?
1: <laughs> he said... He said, oh, I don't know, I don't know what we're going to do then, because you don't want me kicking out of his finish, so I don't know what we're going to do. I said, literally anything else. <laughs> literally any other move in wrestling, just don't kick out of his finish.
0: Because that has become the trope now, is just yeah, how you of- end a match is finishing move, kick out, finishing move, kick out, finishing move, kick out, and the crowd, this mm-hmm. is awesome, this is awesome. I mean, how do you scale that back after it's already been <laughs> taken so far?
1: yeah i mean it's, it's up to the individual people mind. have
0: that mentality like mark sherman it's he's not the only one
1: yeah yeah it's well it's protect your stuff like it's up to you really unless you're like you know in that case i was the booker and the mandate from me was nobody's kick out of this this finisher like and and fortunately for me DiJack had no problem with that <laughs> like he yeah. was like Yep, yeah, no problem like which no guy should be like and i and i told him too like i'll take the heat for it i don't that's my call i'll take the heat for it but like even even me like uh that finisher I use, I, th- I mean, it's not the swing vote, but everybody, everybody just calls it the swing vote now. No, the sidewinder okay. thing I do, which which has become my finish over the years. And to this day, I think I've only let like three guys kick out of it. You know, it's just it's just up to you to protect it. And, they, you know. It's up to guys to protect their own stuff, you know, even like as far as, you know, I think of some of the things me and the bruiser do, um, you know, we do the superplex frog splash. We can't just let guys be kicking out of that like crazy, or we do the bear hug leg drop, you know, like we can't even, you know, you know, in a, in a recent match <laughs> that hasn't aired yet, you know, we oh. dropped it on somebody, you know, We but you can't just have people kicking out of it willy nilly or it's not going to mean anything.
0: Now, calling matches, this has certainly evolved, there's a lost art, some say, of calling it in the ring versus calling every single move, every single spot, every single punch kick in the back before the match. Well, this goes in cycles, though. Okay. This let me know. D-
1: yeah, this goes completely in cycles.
0: I've been uh, I've been away from the uh, locker room for a <laughs> while, Brian.
1: But no, I mean, it's very much like that right now. But when I first started in, in, at the chaotic training center, that's how we did things. Like the early matches, I was calling, especially in class, where we put the whole thing together, everything, put the whole thing together, and that's the way we were taught to do it. Um, and then we started having Dr. Tom Pritchard camps, and he's the one that came to the chaotic training center and started, you know, started that mentality. And 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 the one thing you know, again, Mike Hollow was very good at too was. And him and Jamie talked about it on this podcast. Their objective was to get people to WWE. So they were very in tune with what WWE was looking for, what WWE wanted. And Tom Pritchard came, and this was his way of doing things. And they very, you know, coach very smartly, started gearing us towards, you know, the ability to call stuff in the ring. Um, Which is still to this day is I'm way more comfortable. I'm way more comfortable going out to the ring with nothing called than I am with having to remember 17 spots.
0: And speaking of Hollow, uh, you talked about the fact that everyone's calling everything early in the days of chaotic wrestling. I remember an incident, I think we talked about it before, where John Walters, who recently returned to chaotic wrestling last week, and Vince Vaicala went out to the ring for a tag team match on a chaotic wrestling show. They thought they were wrestling Scarecrow and Mike Studd, I think. They called everything in the back. They called WrestleMania in the back. Every, thi- every single punch, every single kick, everything was called. This thing was going to be a five seven-star classic. And then Hollow and Dukes come out, dressed oh, in... Oh, no. the Hollow oh. and Dukes didn't come out. Oh, okay. Out. The Annihilators. Yes, thank me. you. Seek, seek and Destroy, not Search and Destroy. Hey, Fabe. They-, they came out and basically blew up their whole match. They were teaching these two guys a lesson who were just going out there, who were just you know in the back calling every little thing. And they just switched up on them at the last second. Both their trainers came out to wrestle them. And
1: do you remember the show in Norwood, Massachusetts for Chaotic Wrestling, yes. where nobody knew their matches before? Well, I mean, I guess I can reveal now. It's all these years later. Me and Handsome got the booking uh, sheet. Got the no, we got the we got the the heads up that we were working that night. We were in the main event, and they try they actually trusted us at that point, like to because they know they knew me and Handsome were actually very comfortable with calling things in the ring so they they told us like hey you know if you guys want to put a couple things together you can but just give you a heads up you're going to be the main event so so they wanted a good main (laughs) they wanted to make sure the main event was was going to be good because lord knows the rest of that show could have been a train wreck
0: So you said that that it's been going like in cycles, from yeah. calling of the ring. What was what it like now? And I think
1: now it's call everything. It's 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 call everything, it's
0: especially for TV. you work in TV now for Ring
1: of Honor, yeah. Long, and right? and t- it, working TV is a little different because I mean you get eight minutes on TV, and that's that's a really long television match on an on an hour long television program. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you when you get to TV and you see th- you got six eight, mi- like you go to an indie show and you got six or eight minutes, you're like. Oh, what the what the hell! I don't I don't really have much time. When with TV, you get six or eight minutes, you're like, wow, we got wow, we have a long match. Or like the you know you you get ten or twelve, you're like, holy smokes, (laughs) like we really got a long match. Like I remember, um, you know, when last time we were in Vegas, me and the Bruiser were part of a gauntlet match, (laughs) and we had three segments, and I think we were out there for like sixteen minutes or something like that. Like that's just an enormous amount of television time. Sucking wind. No, we were fine, but I mean, I I I have indie matches routinely that long, almost every weekend, and at TV, like to get that much time is like unheard of.
0: And I remember way back when I first started going to shows for uh, Killer Gwalski's IWF. We talked about that with Sheldon Goldberg a few weeks back. He would send guys out there literally for twenty minutes, not nothing called. <laughs> and there were some really bad matches. <laughs> well, that,
1: I mean, I think that too is the the difference here. Now, if you watch like some of like the golden era of wrestling type stuff, the Kowalski stuff, I mean, it it, it doesn't hold up to yeah. to today. I mean, the pace is very different. The types of maneuvers are very different. I mean, the one thing Walter was known for was his motor. So his matches were tended to be, I think, a little more fast paced, a little more intense, because his cardio was just ridiculous and 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 so he was cutting edge but those matches tend to be longer and slower where then you got to the 80s you start to get to that era of pro wrestling and and wwe and it's a little bit more cartoonish and winding up on the punches and one of these and (laughs) you know that type of stuff and and you like kind of like the attitude era where shoot reverse whip off the ropes close <laughs> you know, yeah. every, everything's off the ropes you know <laughs> <laughs> but now I mean now the, the the style is very it's a much faster pace um, I mean there are times where you know tag matches we call them sprint, you know just oh we're going to sprint this one they got like an eight minute tag match and where it's just like all right we're going to be and, and it goes against kind of like the grain when you think about like again it's supposed to be times you bring them up and you down you take them for a ride like that's kind of like the traditional thought but you know when you work like especially at a place like beyond wrestling the crowd's expecting fast pace intense action so if you get six or eight minutes again a little different than tv six or eight minutes that's a ton of time you go on an indie show six or eight minutes well we don't get much time it's a different mentality you sprint it out you like you just give them non-stop action so they stay you know and you're trying to get those reactions of oh you know what
0: would happen if you slapped on a chin lock gonna be on a wrestling show
1: <laughs> you've been on, i mean you could if you if, you're, if you have a little more time and it makes sense or something you know but if you're just doing it as a rest hold then it's not gonna be received very well
0: all right, the big bumps—that is something that is just—it hasn't gotten any better. It's just getting bigger and bigger. And I mean, how much further can you go with like the bumps on the apron? You know, all this ridiculous stuff that's going on now. How how do you dial this back once it's as big as it is?
1: It's educating the fan base, and, and you, it, it, it's not going to happen overnight
0: letting them know that is the outside is the hardest part of the ring
1: <laughs> yes but just just in general it, it's the you know and I, and I think i think wwe has done it a bit with like the tag matches at nxt at the nxt level especially like you know the revival and diy like uh there were very traditional aspects especially with the Revi- all the revivals tag matches very traditional aspects to there to their tag matches isolating the ring isolating the opponent you know those sorts of things, and you have to re educate the fans and almost like reteach them what, what's good and what and what's bad or not. And you know, you have these good matches that are in the more traditional style and people still get into them and that's when oh no, this is really good. So it's 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 a re education thing. But it's also too that there's different types of pro wrestling fans and, and guys and girls in the business have to be smart enough to understand the type of audience they're working for. Now I see I see people go out in the beyond wrestling crowd and they work a very like WWE style You know, heel baby face matchup, and it's not well received. Um, And then I'll see two guys go to a crowd that is. Like some of these like Northeast wrestling shows that are at baseball stadiums where you know, there's a lot of people there. But the more people there are at these shows, I think it tends to be a little more casual fans, like especially like these stadium shows that Northeast does. Um, like a fair show. Yeah, things like that. So it's people who are like, Oh, I like wrestling. Like but they when yeah. they think of wrestling they think of, you know, Yay Boo, good guy, bad guy, like and then you get two guys who are just phenomenal wrestlers, go out there and they have this this spot fest with all these crazy moves and false finishes and the crowd's absolutely silent because really all they wanted was somebody to boo and somebody to cheer for and you know the the good guy to win in the end so it's knowing your audience too and that's not like being lazy or or not working hard that's just understanding the type of crowd you're in front of and the type of match that they want. Like, fundamentally, I'm always going to be who I am. You know, I, I am who I am, that's who I am. and uh, I'm you know, I'm not going to change that. But I do adjust things that I do and and the style that I wrestle for the type of audience that I'm in front of. And if you don't do that, it's kind of silly. You should be doing that
0: well, overall, how do you think wrestling will adjust in the future? Do you think it's going to go back like you talked about? DIY and revival, they brought some of the old school stuff back. Do you think it will turn back like that? Do you think it's still got a ways to go in terms of escalation? Where where do you think this goes from here?
1: Escalation was I don't I don't know how much further it can go. You know, I look at I look at some of my friends, or I look at even like a guy like, you know, we'll talk about Hanson, who's, you know, a guy very close to us. He's actually a listener of this podcast, listens all the time, so he's going to hear us talking about Uh him. But I think about um, when he was out working the Indies and working New Japan... And all the crazy stuff he was doing—the flips almost every night off the top rope to the outside and things of that nature—and just the toll that takes on your on your body, the toll that takes on your body even doing it only occasionally is incredible. Yeah. And just the regular pounding that your body takes in a professional wrestling match is incredible. Um, so now he's in NXT. He's working for the for the largest company in the world, and. He's probably feels better than he has in a long time because he's not taking all these crazy bumps anymore. Like, because it's just a different style. Um, So it's you know it's it's something where I think careers are going to be a lot shorter for for guys if those especially the guys who probably don't go to wwe who continually do these you know you only have so many bumps in you as it is and when you compound that with bumps on the apron bumps on the floor dive after dive after di- i mean i just know from working these these matches you know I, I i've had the busiest schedule i've had in the last two years like the last two years are probably my two busiest years in pro wrestling ever and I mean, I'm all beat up, and a lot of it isn't from, like, bumps and stuff. A lot of it is just from catching human beings, like, ranging from 150 pounds to 350 pounds, like, guys who jump on me, and I have to catch and (laughs) and maneuver, and so I'm beat up from catching them. I can't imagine how these guys feel from landing this stuff.
0: So the indie guys don't really seem to be slowing down. I don't think they're going to be slowing down. I mean, the younger they are, the dumber they are in yeah, terms well, of feel, like, what know, they feel about their bodies. I mean, we're
1: you're much older. We're but. salty old <laughs> veterans. No, but it's not even that. It's just when you're when you're young, you feel invincible. You feel, you know, especially if you're at your athletic peak, you're 20 something years old, you're doing what you love, the crowd is going crazy, like it's adrenaline rush and you feel impervious to pain at that age. Like we've all been there in the 20s and you don't think anything's ever going to catch up with you and then eventually all catches up with you at some
0: point yeah i've seen xbox say like yeah you know i tell these kids they gotta slow down they can't do all this stuff but you know some guy said that same thing to me way back in the day and i ignored him as well so (laughs) yeah yeah that's the way it's gonna go
1: yeah so i mean i think i think it's gonna continue i mean i would like to see uh, you know and and i'm you know i i think somewhere along the line we've almost lost a little bit that like the whole object of this was Entertainment, and you do it, and you're able to get up the next morning and live your life. And um, I think we've lost that a little bit. I think some of the stuff is a little too, too yeah. you know, people uh,
0: dragging ass into work Monday morning.
1: Yeah, and I mean, and, and 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 hey, respect to the guys that go out there and do it. There's a market for it, and and putting your body through it is something i would never be willing to do so kudos to them but i just can't believe in 2018 like death matches are a thing again like (laughs) it's crazy to me like i said to these guys that are doing it and being successful with it like hey if that's your thing do it and much respect to you and and you're you're a better man than i because i get a good payday yeah i would not put my body my body through that unless there was like some sort of life-changing payday like i'm gonna be able to pay myself out of debt (laughs) you know what i mean but it's but we've just come to a point where where or just like you know again careers are going to be are going to be shorter uh unless unless the style is adjusted a little bit i don't think we have to go back to just grab a hold for 10 minutes but maybe a little bit maybe let's scale it back a little bit
0: well, there's so many ways we can tackle this uh, match thing. I really want people to weigh in on Twitter, at the WPAN. Let us know. You can also email me, Mike, at com. I'll throw that out there. That is my email address.
1: Oh, he'll ignore it for weeks like he does mine.
0: <laughs> so please, yeah, let us know questions you have about the anatomy of a match the way a match is called anything like that just let us know on twitter hit us up and we'll answer your questions right here on the podcast like i said there's so much to get into that we don't uh really have as much time as we uh as we want here but we'd love to get your specific questions about matches and all that kind of stuff so please let us know on twitter at the wpan all right brian it's time for this week's promo about nothing But before we get into that, you are hitting the highways and byways, crisscrossing this great nation of ours, plying your trade as a professional wrestler, and you got them dates?
1: I do, Mike. I actually got the rest of the month off. Really? Yeah. A much needed- Rest them bones. Yes. A much needed little break for- For the kingpin much appreciated uh but i'll be back at it in october uh october 5th i returned to chaotic wrestling in lowell massachusetts wow yeah i'm back again I, i'm back baby <laughs> i'm back and uh you know i said it last i said it well i guess it was last night now but as recorded but last week in Woburn, i said it on the mic it was good to be home i don't get to chaotic wrestling as much these days but i'll be back for a nice little stretch now and
0: you uh, grab the mic unauthorized no no i was told to grab the mic Say, thank t- you very that's much. all you said
1: no, I said some other stuff, but Jesus! Can Never I mind. do my segment without you interrupting? Never mind. for mind. Go ahead. But anyways, <laughs> I'll be chaotic wrestling. That's Friday night, October fifth, Lowell, Massachusetts. ChaoticWrestling.com for ticket and card information. The very next week, Mike, uh, there's also a little event that weekend going on as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes, uh, one that I think I think we'll both be attending.
0: Oh, a, a union?
1: <laughs> yes, yes. But uh, yeah, I'll be there. I got a couple dates around that. Around really? That, so I'm gonna be a little bleary. You been doing, doing a run in? I'm gonna do a little bleary. I'll be a little bleary eyed at this event. <laughs> on uh...
0: gonna spandex under your uh, tux there?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll be catching some quick flights and <laughs> and then driving and but whatever. It'll it'll all be worth it. But uh, Friday night, October the 12th, uh, I'll be in Baltimore, Maryland for Ring of Honor's Glory by Honor. Me and the Bruiser will be up to something. I'm sure that night but no uh, good yes but we're making our uh it's actually this actually will be my baltimore debut i haven't i haven't yet wrestled in baltimore for ring of honor so uh, that's
0: true Don't, they yeah. had tv tapings down there yet
1: no no it Before was you were there? not not since i've been there they haven't really? had uh, no they haven't had tv taping Yeah, this isn't a tv taping either this is a uh, this is a well it'll be it'll be an honor club, you know, honor honor club exclusive show that you can get by subscribing to Honor Club. So get on over to Ring of Honor or rawtrestling.com and and subscribe to Honor Club and you can see this one live on Millsy uh, will on, see it. Yes, he will. Why don't you get it, your bum? A pony up. <laughs> Friday night, October the 12th, com for full ticket and card information. And then the 14th, I return to the place I just lit on fire a few weeks ago, Mike. The ECW Arena 2300 Arena. Wow. Ring of Honor International TV taping. Me and the Bruiser will return there. Uh, no doubt we will be... Uh Welcomed with open arms by the fans of Philadelphia after that showing we had against the Bullet Club, which you can see very soon on RH television.
0: Another main event, I'm sure.
1: (laughs) Yes. And then uh, the following week, Mike, something I'm actually very excited about. I actually got two things I'm very excited about. Um, I can't wait for your reaction to one of them. Okay. But but, uh, October the 20th, Saturday morning, I will be hosting a seminar. All right. Yes, from 11 to 3 p.m., I'll be hosting that with Atlantic Pro Wrestling. Uh, this is a seminar for trained wrestlers because actually there's going to be uh, there, an opportunity for top performers at this seminar to perform on the show that night. All right. How about that? Cost is just thirty dollars. You can purchase your uh, your ad- admission. I, I don't know how to. Uh, would this uh, be an admission? Pay
0: pay your dues. Yeah, whatever.
1: Yeah, it's thirty bucks. Go pay. it. Come join. Come learn <laughs> from me. You know. All kidding aside, uh, I do enjoy teaching when I get the opportunity to. I don't get the opportunity like I used to when I was trainer at the Cadet Training Center. But uh, uh, looking forward to it. Looking forward to helping the future of pro wrestling i do think i have something to offer i would think right i've picked up a thing or two along along the way these you know are a thing or two about a thing or two yeah exactly so and then that night i'll be performing on atlantic pro wrestling's big event bell time 6 p.m it's the gil bonk uh memorial battle royal um i think i think this is like some sort of weird battle royal where like you can win by like pen and submission and throwing people over the top rope so I'll be involved with that. I'll, I'll only throw people over the it's top.
0: Not, r- not a reverse battle royal, is it? <laughs> no,
1: no, it's okay. not a reverse battle royal. But uh, in addition to getting your admission to uh, my seminar, uh, you can also get tickets to the APW show. That night. Again, the seminar is for trained professional wrestlers, not really geared towards uh, beginners or fans or anything like that. So for any of the wrestlers that are, that are listening to this... Uh, that is for you, and the show that night is for the fans, uh. who I love very dearly.
0: <laughs> yeah, thanks.
1: <laughs> and then, Mike, I'll just give one more thing that I'm doing that
0: weekend. Okay.
1: Me and the Playboy going to something to wrestle with live at the Kowloon oh, on the 21st.
0: Fuck for fuck's sake. <laughs> Roll uh. Tad <tide> on that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I talked to Conrad about it. I wrote him on Twitter. You did? I did.
0: And what did he have to say?
1: Uh, well, this is, this is after he followed me on Twitter. So I, I reached out and just said, hey, I'm a big fan. I'm sorry I missed you in Nashville when you were at Ring of Honor. Uh, hopefully I get to meet you uh, when I come see you in Boston. And uh, I forget what he said. He just said, oh, it sounds good, Brian. Thanks. We'll see you there or something like so that so maybe
0: they'll get you on stage and you can plug the podcast <laughs>
1: i don't think that's going to happen oh, but okay. uh i'm looking i am looking forward to that I'm, I'm I'm excited i'm sure you are i'm sure there'll be lots of luminaries in attendance that uh, <laughs> i'll be reporting back to you thank you very <laughs> much sure, if
0: you want to book the kingpin uh email brian malonis at comcast.net try to book him on the date of something to wrestle so he has to cancel uh dm him on twitter also <laughs> at brian malonis all right brian promo on nothing time the year is 1992 and we've spent some time in WCW spent some time in WWF let's go back to something we know and love the United States Wrestling Association Memphis (laughs) Memphis Tennessee Mr. Lawler (laughs) so uh Brian do you know what the number one podcast is right now not wrestling the number one podcast
1: um is it Joe Rogan no no okay it's a
0: podcast called dr death true crime podcasts are like the thing serial all those things this one's called dr death so let's try to piggyback off the success of that and present to you from the uswa dr death he's here and nurse cratchit both of them
1: you're not saying steve williams though after dr death i'm getting a little nervous here
0: dr death and Nurse Cratchit. They're with Dave Brown right now. It's this week's promo about nothing.
2: Right, here they come right here. Oh, my goodness. I'm sure I want to talk to them either. Scheduled uh, to go in a match. Freezer Thompson has uh, climbed up uh, into the ring right now. and uh, you're... You need to say ah. I don't need to say uh, ah. Yeah, you need to it's... be examined. Uh, no, you're, We're here to do an interview and maybe find out a little bit about you and Dr. Death and, and why you're here and all that sort of thing. Not a physical, all right? No, I need to act physically to No, no, yeah. no, no. Let's talk about wrestling, all right? No, y'all look like y'all need to be in some kind of ward. I think y'all have some kind of disease. What do you think about it, Doctor?
1: Look at this virus. Look at these
2: people. So much charisma. Can I tongue depressor and insult the fans and all that if you'd like to talk about uh, about the match coming up that's fine otherwise may I suggest uh, you get in the ring and uh, let's do the match here well all I know is these people out here look like they got some kind of disease and uh, I don't know what do you think about it doctor they they all look like they have some kind of disease to me and we're here <sighs> to, you know make a decision on whether we're going to take them out and what kind of care we're going to use on them well, I'm not sure I fully understand all of that, but uh, <laughs> why, why don't you know? If uh, how are you going to do that? You're going to do that by defeating opponents, or what? We're going to do medical examination on each and every one of our opponents. Well, that may be difficult to do, but I guess now's <laughs> the time to start right here. Freezer Thompson is waiting. How about Doctor Death climbing up into the ring? And let's get this one going. All right, one fall, fifteen minute time.
1: <laughs> Never has a wrestling. Uh, interviewer captured the (laughs) <laughs> essence and the feeling of the fans watching at home so much as this gentleman did.
0: Dave Brown. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't sure, I'm not sure I understand what you're talking about, but uh, yeah, no one does. As she mumbles through this promo, <laughs> holy shit. <laughs> Just, yeah, as you said, oozing with charisma. Again,
1: everybody, you know, bitches today about like the scripted nature of promos and how they rehearse things and this and that. Would you rather go back to this, folks? Because <laughs> for every for every Randy Macho Man Savage and Hulk Hogan and Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair and Arne Anderson, there's probably a million of these ones floating out there.
0: Hey, this looks like a lady that was begging for chains outside the liquor store. <laughs> <laughs> they just said, here, put this Halloween outfit on. You're Nurse Cratchit. Yeah, I mean, couldn't you find like a...
1: You think like when you think back of like like naughty nurses or something like that, like Kathy Chaos and Chaotic Wrestling. Oh
0: goodness. Very bosomy gal <laughs> 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 You know that chain Mansfield it's a big breast. <laughs> <laughs> but I
1: mean, yeah, I don't I don't I don't know, man. This was in, this was interesting stuff. Like uh, Painful.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yes. I needed a pill after that. <laughs>
1: well, you know, they, you look like you have some sort of disease, Mike. Uh,
0: sh- did she get that across? I think she
1: got the. I think she was told to hit that line
0: <laughs> <laughs> two or three times. I guess. <laughs>
1: yes,
0: and she has a bedpan. Yeah, just walking around holding the bedpan. Why not? So, who is Doctor Death? Doctor Death is no. It's not Steve Williams. I know you thought that. Once you saw him in his scrubs, he has like that mask over his face. I kind of thought it was Steve Austin. Uh, it is not. <laughs> uh, I mean, we know USWA really has no qualms about stealing an existing wrestler's name. We've done The Warrior on this show <laughs> uh, from the USWA. Yes. But this guy, Dr. Death, his name was Kenny Kendall, a guy who did jobs for WWF and WCW. Nurse Cratchit is connie cook who is the wife of another wwf slash WCW jobber named bob cook all right so they didn't get her off the street but uh i mean she didn't seem really uh keen on doing this whole thing you, you know you know mike i'm starting to think they weren't a real nurse and doctor no no she was an articulate, passionate lady.
1: <laughs> really believable as a nurse. Uh, well, I mean then they're going to do a mental uh, like <laughs> we're going to do a mental examination on all our opponents. Well, I don't know how you're going to do that. <laughs> that would be difficult to do. Yeah.
0: Like, did, it didn't really seem like it was well thought out like w- why this doctor and this nurse are coming to all Dave Brown want to know why are you here
1: I'll tell you what for as bad as this promo was I'm a fan of Dave Brown out of this because <laughs> he captured what I was feeling perfectly
0: yes he is a, a hell of a guy a hell of a guy Dave Brown tried to hold it together but he should have cut it off much earlier than he did I think
1: he tried to a couple times when he earlier on he had said like well why don't you get in the ring then <laughs>
0: yeah but then he asked another question so uh, Dave well, they weren't leaving. <laughs> Could have been a little more concise, but Dave Brown did do his best to hold this whole thing together. All right, you heard this promo about nothing. If you want to see the full picture, and believe me, you really probably don't want to, find the link to the video in the description of this episode or at the thewpan.com. That is the thewpan.com. All right, we'll be back next week, next Monday, for episode 127 of the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. Till then. He is the Kingpin Brian Malonis. I'm Mike Crockett. Big ups to Mucko, and thanks for nothing.